Hey, this is Matt at Grassroots Digital Marketing Studio. Hope you're enjoying the podcast today and the fun doesn't need to end. Afterwards, check out our website, grassrootsdigitalstudio.com. We have a couple features on there we think you'll enjoy. Our dedicated GDMS podcast page, which has every podcast we've ever done and lots of bonus material and content. And also our blog, where we write articles every week about our marketing tips, tricks, marketing hacks, and we discuss strategy and everything marketing. So we hope you enjoy it and check it out. Matt, uh, it's good to We're be back. back. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time. I, anyone that's watching, we, I, I had a baby in late January, I mean, in late December. So it's been really a crazy time in my life. So that's why we haven't done one of these in a while, but it's good to be back. I'm glad we're trying, uh, we're, we're doing this again. And, uh, hopefully you're glad to be back, Matt. Are you? I'm always, I'm always, uh, excited to talk marketing. <laughs> all right day. so we're gonna we'll add in um our guest today Allie. welcome to the feed how you doing hi good how are you thanks for having me <laughs> no problem uh so we're gonna start off by trying to stump matt which is what we do every <laughs> um every time we start one of these and today's jeopardy cousin here it comes matt oh one second I, I hope I get this one. I don't want to. I was on a roll for a while, Allie. <laughs> I yeah. always I say I would never make a good contestant on Jeopardy, even though it's. Me either. I would never. <laughs> so I like being the host. Though. All right, here we go. I don't know why. Can you guys hear it? The first Western translator of this collection worked on it. Only after dinner. 30 seconds. Good luck. Yeah. Could you hear it? I don't know why the volume's not working. No, no it's, I can see it. Um, Could you hear the music, though? I don't know. The first one. Gosh. Um, Western translation. Oh man, I'm gonna hate myself for not getting this one. <laughs> I have, um, gosh, uh, Allie, do you have any clue? Yeah, I don't. No, but I could Google it, but I won't be that person. It's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be some some Eastern work. Otherwise, they wouldn't have said Western, right? So after dinner, I can give you guys a hint when you're ready for it. I'm ready for the hint. Yeah. Um it it's one of my favorite Disney films. Mulan. No, no, it's not Mulan. Um, and it's a like an early nineties. Oh, movie. uh, um, oh, uh, um, uh, the Knights of the, uh, um. No, I know. Oh, um. It's all right. I'm, we're gonna. It's it's, it's Arabian Nights. Arabian Nights. Oh my gosh, I was gonna so say Aladdin. So Aladdin. <laughs> yeah. So yes, yeah, so, well we stumped Matt, which is great. Oh, um, we're back on track. I am. Um, we, the reason we do that is Matt has like a trillion degrees. If you see that behind him, so <laughs> we try to stump the professor first and foremost. Um, so Allie, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody that's listening or watching? Yeah, well, first and foremost, thank you so much for having me. Um, just to give a brief background, I my name is Allie McAndrews. I work for um, McAndrews Law Offices, which is actually now McAndrews, Mahalik, Connolly, Halson, Ryan. And just to give a brief background, my father, Dennis McAndrews, founded MLO, what we call McAndrews Law Offices, in 1982. Um, so I was really just brought up in the family business, always working here in some capacity, 
whether it was filing or stuffing envelopes after school at like a young age. So I've always been fascinated by the legal system, especially the work that our firm does on behalf of individuals with disabilities um, through our practice areas of special education and estate planning. And just in general, just defense work in general really always fascinated me. Um, but I really, I never, I always knew I never wanted to be a lawyer. Um, I never wanted to like go into the courtroom. I didn't want to do that. I enjoy so much more of the backseat of it. Um, so like many college freshmen in 2005, I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I had interned for Lily Pulitzer going into my freshman year at Villanova University. And I always loved the idea of being in business or marketing for a company that you truly loved. So I actually started off in the business school at Villanova and soon transferred um, to the liberal arts program where I was able to pursue my passion really for marketing and communications. And throughout and around the time when I was in college, I had a handful of internships and some positions at certain PR agencies, both large and small. And I would, Honestly, the one that was the most influential to me was when I worked for a good, actually, family friend. Her name's Karen Connor. She owns a, her own one-woman marketing show, Connor Communications. But just being able to work, like, directly next to her for two summers was really where I got, like, my first, like, my feet wet when it came to marketing and PR. She took me to my first press conference, which was back in 2008 when, um, I don't know if you remember the CBS anchor, Larry Menti, he had pled guilty to a felony charge of email hacking. And it was, it was a big case back in, in 08. And it was just really cool to actually attend my first press conference and kind of be behind the scenes on that. So that's kind of where I really found my love for um, PR in that way. Um, but to answer your question, prior to starting here at MLO, I was really realizing that in order to have a successful career in truly anything, I had to be passionate about a company's mission um, and the clients that we served. So I went back to school and I received my master's in elementary ed, and I also got certified in the Wilson Reading Program for kids with dyslexia. So while marketing and education may seem like two totally different fields, they do provide an optimal background for the position of director of community outreach and marketing here, um, where we, you know, strive to better the lives of our clients. So, yeah. Really interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah and I totally agree with you on um, education. I mean, I have a, a master's in education too. So mm -hmm. people always ask me like, oh, well, that doesn't have much to do with marketing, but. And you'd like, well, oh, I mean, you'd be I, so surprised how much it does actually. Yeah. You have to educate people in everything that you do. Like, you know, you got to educate your clients. You got to educate yourself. You got to educate, you know, people you're training. So it makes a lot of sense to any type of education degree is probably a good thing to have. So. Yeah, um, just for like the editing and writing and all that, I think it really helped for sure. Yeah, for sure. If you're like my wife, she's an, uh, a grammar Nazi too. Yeah. So. <laughs> I wish I wish I was as as good as, as, with grammar as she is. But, well, like um, so many lawyers are too, so it's it definitely was easy. Yeah. 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 So let's move on to our next segment, and right after a little something from Matt here. Hey, this is Matt at Grassroots Digital Marketing Studio. If you're a business owner or a marketer, or if you know a business owner or marketer who would like to be on the program, we'd love to have you. Check it out on our website, grassrootsdigitalstudio.com, GDMS podcast. At the very bottom, there's a form that you can fill out and we'll get right back to you. Hey, this is Matt from Grassroots Digital Marketing Studio. We got a great offer for you today on our website, grassrootsdigitalstudio.com. It's under the menu item, free stuff. That's right, it's free. You can have a free consultation with Cliff and myself. You can also learn quite a bit about what a digital marketing consultant can do for you and your business, even if that's not us. And you can also fill out a form there to sign up for at least to talk to Cliff and myself for a half an hour, although my guess is it'll be a bit longer. We'll talk about everything marketing, uh, about your business, and any way that we can help. 
All right. So today's glorious market of the week is this Sunny D ad that I'm going to bring in. Well, I think it's an ad. So let's talk. We'll talk about this after we watch it. But this was going viral yesterday on t on uh, Twitter, and it's a TikTok video. And there's to me, there's like no way that this is not an ad. But you know, let's let's take a look together and get your opinion, Allie, because you're also marketing <laughs> special. So. Um, let me share the screen here. <clears throat> you know, Ali, and I would love to talk about Lily Pulitzer sometime. <laughs> it's just it's such an amazing brand, and she had such a um an interesting story. It it really is, and um, just the I loved just you know everything from she started her company because she was actually selling juice down in Florida and she would yeah. sell juice and that's how yeah. she got all the colorful prints and, and everything. And my mom really, my mom introduced it to us when we were younger. And I just, there's something about the brand that's just so, you know, it's so beautiful and not like, I think it fits every, it's timeless. So I, I love yeah. working there. Yeah. yeah. All right. You guys ready? Yep. All right. Well, hopefully you can hear the audio this time. Yes, Lord. Y'all already know what time it is. Let's pop it with the orange juice first. Not can just any orange juice. This yeah. is that Sunny D right okay. here. I'm telling you, man. Oh, my God. We finna go crazy, bro. Look, we got a 150-quart pot right here, man. Is this enough orange juice? Is this enough orange juice, man? Somebody let me know right now. Yeah. I don't think it's enough orange juice. Hold up. Gotta go get some more. Boom! Yeah! Now look, let's add our lemon juice. And we not gonna add just one. We gonna add five lemon juices. Eat game. Watch this. Now they say if you spin the bottle, your juice will come out way quicker. And I'm here to tell you, it's true. Look at that. Now look, my beautiful people. Look how satisfying that orange juice is right there. Now look, you can use water if you want to, but me, I like a lot of flavor. Let's add them orange bell peppers. We got some green ones right here. Now I'm lying. They go to orange ones right there. The ones while I go is yellow. Here go my red ones. Here go my celery. I got some more celery right here too. That wasn't it. That wasn't it. Now of course we gotta add the onions. That's nothing but flavor right here. Nothing but flavor. Now here go my minced garlic. I love garlic. We eat that with everything. Now here go that yes lord that's coming to a store soon. What y'all know about that paprika? Huh? That's that smoked paprika right there. It's platinum. Now here go my ball booster. This is my garlic flavor right here. And here go my celery and my onion flavor right there. Now come here, look at this. What this say right here? Extra spicy. But it ain't gonna be that spicy because the orange juice gonna balance it all out. Now look at all that flavor right there dropping in that platinum juice. Now y'all know the sausages add that flavor too. Nothing but flavor. Nothing but flavor. Then after them sausages, we gonna add our pretty golden potatoes right here. Now y'all say y'all want them shrimp. Now I got about 35 pounds of Louisiana shrimp. They finna be platinum, I'm telling you. And let me tell you about those shrimp. You wanna cook them three minutes max or else. They ain't gonna peel easy and you're not gonna like it. Man, look at that. Smell it through, smell it through the phone. I'm telling you, man, it's platinum. And that's it. So this thing was shared like a ridiculous amount of times yesterday. Um, it's got 4.7 million views. It's got 11.4 thousand retweets and 13.3 thousand quote tweets and 109.9 .9 likes. So I'm sitting there watching. Like I, I just stumbled upon it, like laying on the couch, like sometime last night. And I was like, there's no way this is not an ad. It, it, it like, because who's thinking about putting Sunny D in their, their cooking shrimp in their Sunny D? I, I don't Where know. Do you even I, buy that much Sunny D? I mean, he yeah, had a lot. He, <laughs> should be, he should be flagged just for buying that much Sunny D. <laughs> and it sparked some interesting conversations. Like they're talking about like, you know, Sunny D, you put it in the fridge forever and it's still not cold. And you're like, yeah, yeah, that, that, that makes sense to me. So just add know, what to are you tailgate. <laughs> yeah. So what do you guys think? Is it an ad or was it just it was it just um somebody you know one of the and but I love viral food videos. I can sit there and watch them on TikTok for for hours. So 
Then That's I think I'm a shaft afterwards. Same. But uh, no, I think that was probably a real TikTok for sure. So you think it's a real TikTok, not an ad? Yeah, I think that looked like a recipe of some sort. That a concoction, right? That yeah. maybe tailgaters are doing right now. I don't know. I I, I don't know because people were like, "There's no." I mean, literally, it says uh, under. I'm I'm not gonna I'm gonna curse her here. <laughs> the, the, the tweet says with the video, "There is no fucking way this is serious." I refuse. I don't know. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes when you rewatch it to a second time or a third time, you're like, "Okay, this actually makes sense." Like what where they're trying to go with like the recipe or whatnot. So I believe it. You know, my my thought on that, Cliff, is that it's either like, and I think like a lot of brands effectively try to do authentic or authentic seeming, you know, placements. But I think it also, you know, if it's a genuine video that it shows like a brand loyalty, that's that, a, you know, that it was just so, like he was so proud of like using Sunny D in it, mm-hmm. like that there's that kind of connection, mm-hmm. um, which I think says something to the brand. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I haven't drank sunny d in a long time but i still remember when i was a kid those um you know commercials that they have yeah. you know where the uh what's in their uh purple stuff oh sunny yeah i mean i think it, it shows like and you see this with other things too i think when people post stuff like when they they um they show the brand that they're i mean even if it's like something like that not even like a luxury brand or something but um, that yeah, I think people it, it says something to the the um, you know the the brand's resonance with um, with its consumers. I think yeah, and I think it appeases to the masses too, where like we all can relate to Sunny D on some level, right? Yeah. Um, and like I feel like I've seen TikToks that I've tried to copy, like easy sloppy Joe recipes, where it's like they're like ketchup, 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 or you never think you would like mix that. But I can kind of see where they're going when they find like a brand like that and they want to like highlight it um, for something as fun as like a cookout like that. I think it's cool. Now, what would be foolish, I think, is if Sunny D didn't, and I don't know who owns them, but like whoever it is, like didn't uh, like pick up on that. Like, cause that, I mean, that has such a, like you said, how many people have viewed it and seen it. Like that's such a, and it's the only brand he mentions in the entire video. Like doesn't mention, yeah, pepper. that's what makes you skeptical uh, right. skeptical of the whole situation is like, because here's another thing. Like if he had I don't said know that, if you guys watch watch the... watch enough of these Facebook videos or Twitter Twitter videos or the TikToks, like you know, like if you're mindlessly scrolling, you know, sometimes I'll watch one of these videos and be like, this the like they're like ten minutes long because they can only monetize if it's like ten minutes long, so they draw out this really long like. And I'll sit there and watch some of them just to see if there's actual point. But there's like, you know, maybe a minute in, I get really skeptical of this is not not really even real. They're just playing up for the camera. Um, to me, this just feels like some Sunny D paid someone to organically do this and say like, just really emphasize Sunny D. But I mean, I, I was really skeptical of the slap when it happened. But, you know, like, I don't know. Just modern marketing is maybe skeptical of so many things because the thing with like yeah. the slap to me was and, I, and it, it's definitely it was real all that stuff now but they were talking about how much different the Oscars needed to be and then all of a sudden the the slap happened and you know thousands and thousands and thousands and millions the whole world's talking about it the next day so right. that 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 was bad but it was great publicity for the oscars oh i mean their ratings were the lowest they've ever been the year before so yeah i mean so much of me when i first heard about the slap was like oh totally planned and then obviously sadly when you rewatch it over and over again i I feel different i don't think it was i think that was an actual organic moment for will smith in the moment i was the the super skeptic uh, conspiracy theorist on on the slap because I was like they've been talking about like the weeks upcoming to that it needs to be different it needs to be more exciting and I was like what's more exciting than that I mean and, and that'll be remembered poorly for the rest of, rest of time but um, and I feel like for how much work he put into the movie that he got an award for like who would ever risk that which made me think even more it wasn't a publicity stunt however. 
I'm going to definitely watch the Oscars next year. I didn't this year. Now I will yeah. next year. And I'm sure they'll get a ratings <laughs> boost. And right. That controversy causes, I mean, makes things happen. I mean, there's, there's no, oh, no right. other way around that. Ab- absolutely. Ali, uh, I, did you guys talk at the office about uh, possible legal action with, the, with that or? You know what? We all, I think between both my colleagues and friends, we all have. I think that was kind of the question at first was what what's going to happen next? And actually, my understanding was that they actually asked Will Smith to leave after that happened. But um, between the slap and him getting the award, it was only like 10 minutes or something. So uh, kudos to the Academy. They did what they could, uh, you know, at the time. And um I think they were in a rock and a hard place with him, honestly, right. because it, it it was it really was so <laughs> unfortunate, and it would just took away from like I, I I would have been so bummed if I worked on that film, and then that's what that's what ha- transpired yeah. that night, you know. And yeah, I, that's the stuff that kind of made me feel like it wasn't fake. Well, the, they actually you know, did ask time. Chris Rock if he wanted two press charges that evening, and he said no. Right. So they obviously will drop it then, but. Um, you know, he could have, I mean, he could have, he could have, he could have yeah. assault for sure. Yeah. For sure. Hey, they both got some good, good publicity. And whenever they do that red table talk with Jada, oh, I that thing is going to get, <laughs> that thing is going to be huge. Matt has no idea what we're even talking about. I Cliff but. had to tell me about this whole slap thing. I was like, oh, what do you think? Of? I was like, what are you talking about? I I don't watch that stuff. I don't. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I usually, I get a lot of my news, believe it or not, on, on Instagram. So when I was, I went to bed early on the Oscars night and I woke up the next morning and I'm trolling on Instagram. And like I said, my first thought was, oh my gosh, total publicity stunt. And then when you go to YouTube and you watch it, you're like, oh my gosh, this is, this was real. This was really unfortunate. Um, and this happened, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah. So world we live in though. I mean, it's just, that's just what it's turned into is mm-hmm. you have to question everything you see, like quadruple time before you can be- like mm-hmm. make a stand on whether or not it's one way or the other and yeah it's just it's just that's why i'm skeptical of this video it just to me there's too much like here's the sunny d we're using tons of sunny d and then we're just like using lemon juice and right. you know your 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 seasoning and you're it's not like they're like here's the old bay you know like you know that's that's something that could go easily in that video, but they don't even talk about any of the other things. It's just the Sunny D is. They didn't but, um, name drop any company besides Sunny D. So that yeah, I and then people were talking about how ridiculous it is, and that's another thing. You see some of these these TikTok videos where they're creating some meal out of like it just looks disgusting when they're doing it, and you're like, this isn't even <laughs> real by the time you're by the end of it. But they they get you in the beginning with like, what are they making, and then. Mm-hmm. They're just monetizing and stealing our money. Well, not maybe, our money. maybe we should do a, a marketing and cooking um, podcast. Yeah, we but... should. Honestly, like I said, <laughs> I was buying ketchup after those sloppy Joe's TikToks. So yeah. I, I get it. So, yeah, I mean, there's definitely going to be a cor- I mean, we've talked about stuff like uh, how insurance agencies do some like ridiculous things. Um, but, or, or Fast food, we should I should say, is the ones that do the most ridiculous things. But they do that because it's a saturated market. You got your Taco Bells, you got your Burger Kings, your McDonald's, all that stuff. So, you know, the whole thought process is if we get someone talking about our, our store, maybe they'll go in because they're thinking about, you know, the store. Maybe Absolutely. I'll go in there, you know, because you know it's like, how do you get the how do you get the attention of somebody that already knows your product and could eat your product every day, probably passes your product every day, you know, right. get them thinking about it a little bit more. You know, what's interesting yeah. about that cliff is that, you know, that with people like just, or so many people thinking that it was like a stage thing, I think says something about like how we view, um, you know, companies and marketing, that that's a tactic that's often used, you know, to create um, awareness, you know, by, by, you know, shock value and, um yeah, it's just kind of interesting that that so many people would just jump to that. And we're like with the video that we just watched, like that there's a question as to, you know, because I think there would have been a time when we might not have thought like brands would be that sneaky to try to infiltrate our lives. But I, I think that, you know, it, like you said, it's a tight market in a lot of places and mm-hmm. you have to differentiate yourself in, in unique ways. 
And especially yeah. like an antiquated business like like Sunny D, which kind of, you know, is older. I, I wouldn't blame. I think that's actually kind of a smart marketing tactic to integrate themselves into the TikTok world where these millennials are now and get them in the grocery store buying yeah, that. That's another thing. Right. Their, their target market is definitely there. I mean, they're more mm -hmm. there than we are as adults. But the cool thing is, is like, I had thought about Sunny D since the Dave Chappelle stand-up back when right? we were in college, right? And mm -hmm. I mean, that's the last time I can remember even thinking about it. Now um, I can taste and I want it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can, you can remember how it never gets cold just because we watched something that made us think about it. So. Um, we always drank it still. <laughs> yeah, I'm still not buying it, though. So. I don't know. Anyway, so let's move on to our next segment after a little something for Matt. Hey, this is Matt from Grassroots Digital Marketing Studio. Hope you're enjoying the podcast today. We've got a great opportunity for you on our website. That's grassrootsdigitalstudio.com forward slash free dash SEO dash checker. That's our SEO checker, which is absolutely 100% free. You can check everything from your uh, web authority links, your on-site SEO, your Google My Business, your local listings, your ratings and reviews. So it's really everything that you need to know about your website and what you need to fix and what you've done a great job at. And anything that you need help with, Cliff and I are here. So enjoy the rest of the podcast. All right. So our interview today, as we've already um, announced, is Allison McAndrews. Uh, she's the director of marketing at McAndrews, Mahalik, Conley, um, Hulse and Ryan. Good job. Can I do it? Do I do it? Cliff, good job. Yeah. I made it. I made it. MLO for short. It's a lot easier. Yeah. So um, we've already talked a little about this, but before you started working there, even though you kind of been working there, you were working at Lily Pulitzer for a while? Yeah. It, well, that was actually, that was in going into freshman year of college. But then I did... Um, work for a few PR and marketing agencies. And that's really, you know, where I kind of found my love for marketing, but it was really about, you have to find the right niche. You can't just, and it, everybody's to each his own, but I had to find a niche where I was passionate, where my mission paralleled that of wherever I was working. And I'm very blessed that it happens to be my family's law firm, but I really couldn't I couldn't have asked for a better, you know, place to, you know, advocate our services and whatnot because we really do serve so many families. So, it, you know, I, I feel really lucky for that. So. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I'm kind of interested to know, Ali, like what's your day-to-day um, -day like there, like in terms of your role? Yeah. So um, as the director of community outreach and marketing here at MLO, I'm responsible for all of our firm's marketing and communication strategies, as well as maintaining our brand and image throughout everything I do for our team. So our firm has grown from, like I had mentioned earlier, a tiny home office um, in the back behind my parents' office to having, we have nearly 40 employees now, and we have offices throughout PA, Delaware, and the metropolitan DC area. So I am personally based out of our main office, which is in the Philadelphia suburbs, but I am in charge of marketing, the marketing ventures for all of our attorneys and staff. So really on a day-to-day -day basis, um, a lot of my work is website maintenance, uh, creating and adding content to our website. I'm also in charge of all of our social media outlets and the content that we put out on those, those platforms. I help organize events, seminars, and speaking engagements for our attorneys, and I handle the marketing for such presentations, as well as all media rela relations. So, for instance, if um, you know, if I've read an article about something in the paper, and I feel like this is something my, one of our attorneys could actually help one of the reporters on, I'll reach out to the reporter and say, "Hey, if you ever want help for your next piece." My, we have attorneys who are specialized in tax or, you know, specialized in education work or Title IX or whatever it has to do with. I try to really use outreach to through to reporters and whatnot um, to get our name out there. It's free marketing. So uh, yeah. I've been able yeah, kind of to, 
to, to establish really good relationships with, you know, the media, especially um, with the Cosby trial. We so to backtrack a little bit, my father, Dennis um, Mickey Andrews, he prosecuted John DuPont back in the 90s. I don't know how familiar you are. I remember. I remember that case when he was holed up in his in mm -hmm. his uh, his mansion after he um, he killed um, uh, what's his the, name Schultz. David Schultz, the Olympic gold wrestler. Mm -hmm. Fox catcher. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. It was a huge. I don't know if anybody in PA that um, the, I mean, if you if you grew up around here, it was a case that was hard to to miss. So so your totally. dad pr prosecuted it. Right. So he had actually left the DA's office at the time and they brought him back as a special prosecutor. So he and Joe McGettigan, who is now an attorney with our firm um, now, with, he's now with MLL. But back in the 90s, they prosecuted DuPont together. Joe went on. He prosecuted Sandusky, which was actually almost 10 years ago now. And then right after Sandusky, he joined our private practice. So Starting when I became the director of marketing was when Joe joined our firm and we really started doing a lot of outreach to reporters um, about to the media, because especially because Foxcatcher A, the movie was coming out with Steve Carell and whatnot. And then Nancy Schultz, the wife of David Schultz, who we're very close with, she actually, um, she produced Team Foxcatcher, the movie that was on net, the, the documentary on Netflix. So we um, got to go to the Tribeca Film Festival and see it and it was awesome. Um, so my dad and Joe are in that documentary. So that's kind of really what started um, a big, more of the media cycle really for our firm here. And um happened to be at the time uh, it was post Fox catcher. And this was like right before me too, the me too movement is when this, the whole Cosby thing spiraled. So I literally was reading about in the paper. This was back in 2015 when it first kind of started to come out. Obviously it blew up since then the whole Cosby scandal, but I reached out to reporters covering it. Um, so by the time the trial came, Joe, my father and I attended the first trial, the second trial and sentencing. And they were, um, they worked with, we worked with the media. And so on every single break in court, we'd go out and we would explain what happened um, on camera in the courtroom. And it was really a cool experience because, you know, DuPont, you're sitting on the side of your, your dad, obviously you're sitting on your you're watching him in court where, um, or in Sandusky, you're, you're on the side that we're, we're there to watch Joe. But for this, we were all in it together. And it, we really had to have that unbiased point of view to articulate back to the public of what was going on in the courtroom. Um, so that was just a really, really cool experience um, for, you know, for all of us, really. And that, then all that goes to just building the, the, the firm's brand. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it was truly about just outreach to to, you know, reporters covering this story. I would reach out. I would say, Hi, hey, I see that you're covering Cosby. I work for a law firm um, where several of our attorneys have covered high profile cases. If you ever need help dissecting what's going on. So we have like we're on call with like The New York Times, NBC. They always come to us now. We've made such great relationships so that when they have a question like what happened with Cosby last summer with him getting, you know, out of jail and everything were mm -hmm. a lot, a lot of times now their first call because we've built these relationships over time. So, so your job's more like you're helping other people create content. Totally. And, and and you're, educate, you're educating them on what's actually happening. Because I, I mean, right. I get it. Cause I, I mean, I took one, I took a business law class and I wanted to be a lawyer at one point. And after taking that class, I was like, I can't do this. This is not, going to be my thing because reading law is just like something like to me is tough like it's, it's another just, language uh, it's the language is tough and you, it's like reading old english almost sometimes totally it is it so, really is it yeah. really is so um being that you're a law firm is is it what kind of different challenges do you have obviously the educational part but um i know like legally you're not like a lawyer can't go and ask someone to join like let's say it's a um you, you can't like seek out somebody right to, to get yeah. 
So, so the American get your Bar Association, right? Yes, you're exactly right. So the American Bar Association, they obviously have lots of like legality rules and whatnot when it comes to marketing and communications for a law firm. You obviously, any company, first of all, does not want to false market, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's especially important for um, legal marketing. You you really aren't supposed to say like, I forget, cer- there's certain like rules as to jargon and whatnot you have to be, you know, up to par on. But um, I would say in general, though, what's difficult what, what or what stands legal marketing out from from a different and marketing for a different type of business would be people come to our law firm or people come to any law firm or they come to they come to a doctor or a lawyer. We always say you don't come for a checkup. You come because you're in need. You're stressed. You're at you're at your wits end with something. So we are dealing with um high emotions. And I think that's something that I've learned in legal marketing. It's is not to take away from anybody in other kinds of marketing for a toothpaste brand or whatnot, but we are, we really are, our attorneys are advocates aside, aside else from being a lawyer where they're really, you know, they're, they're on call. They're there. They're really here to, to shape our client's future. So our future, their future is in our hands. And I think that is something that, you know, I've really realized over the years in this position is just how sensitive it, it can be. Yeah, it's no. interesting that you mentioned that, um, Allie, because that you mentioned doctors, because I think that that's a that's a great parallel, um, because you know when you think about like effective marketing of like healthcare, you know, systems that um, you know it's all about they build that reputation and that name, and then that's what people remember and and you know come come for you know um, that that expertise. Absolutely, and it, it's the kind of thing too with. You know, I we use Google Analytics and all that, and we really I a goal of mine and part of my work is reaching out to former clients to review us online because one review from somebody, you know, we're can really bring you down. So, you know, we really, really, really want to make sure that we're no matter if we take a case or if we don't, we handle everything with kid gloves, kind, polite. You know, these are these are people's yeah. in our hands for sure. Yeah, I, I think definitely like in in something like that, you must have, I'm, uh, you know, it, it must be challenging to answer those reviews because I'm sure it's, um, you know, I mean, I work for a hotel uh, management company in my day job and it's, um, you know, uh, I don't answer reviews, but I, I see a lot of them. And, you know, I mean, people can get pretty upset about like a stay at a hotel room. So I can only imagine like, you know, how emotionally charged people can be about, um, Mm -hmm. you know, something that happened to them or some wrong that's been done that they're Mm -hmm. they're trying to seek a remedy for. And I I can imagine that can be challenging, but yeah. Especially when it's like not a client who writes it and we're like, (laughs) right. That is, you know, we use, I use so much of the internet and free marketing in that sense to really boost our firm. But that is the downside because anybody can be behind a computer screen, make a name up and give you a rating. Or just troll your board too. Totally. And I've been lucky. We've had like, I believe one that was a bad rating that was like totally not even a client or whatnot. I was able to get Google to, to remove it, but that's not the case for all reviews. I mean, Google doesn't have time to really go through and like nitpick everybody's reviews. So you got to be conscientious conscientious with everybody you work with. Yeah. So uh, what kind of content are you creating for the firm? Obviously there's seems like there's some educational, um, you know, aspects of it, but you know, like who's your audience and how you determine the effectiveness of your marketing efforts. So yeah. what kind of data are you looking at? So um, one of our big marketing tools that we use is um, constant contact. Um, I don't know how familiar you are with constant contact, but it's a, it's a database where you can keep store emails and you can create electronic newsletters. And um, really when I have anybody come to me for, advice on starting, you know, a business or in legal marketing or whatnot, I always say, get a constant contact account. Um, We have what we call the MLO Minute, which is our electronic newsletter. And it's written by either me or our attorneys and staff. 
I create them, put them together and send them out at least every week. And if someone doesn't want to get them, unsubscribe. Great. But we keep all of our old clients, potential new clients, everything in our database so that even old clients were still on their brain. And yep. that's where we get so many of our new clients is from referrals. So the believe it or not, the MLO minute is, you know, reaching people who maybe they have a closed case with us, but they're now we're keep we're on their brain still. So that's how we get like, you know, good referrals that way. So how often does it come out? I put them out at least once a week. Um, it's really dependent upon each attorney I meet with in the beginning of the year. And we kind of map out the year of what presentations they'd like to do um, and what articles each attorney has to do an X amount of article for our firm. And we put, I put them all on our website. Um, so it's great to put out an MLO minute, but then I create a page on our website for each MLO minute. So I'm just constantly adding up like pages on our website. But um, so right now I have probably four articles in, in saved right now that I'm currently working on to get out within the next two weeks. So the next two weeks I could have, I could have two or three out. If it's a, I mean, if it's slow, it could be a week or two, but we really try to get them out a few times a month for sure. You know, that's yeah. great to hear that um, all the attorneys um, contribute to, to that. Mm -hmm. Cause I just know as a marketer myself, it's always a challenge. Like when, you know, it's, that content creation is put solely on marketing's shoulders because it's right. it really should be a team effort because obviously like the attorneys have you know expertise that that you don't have and mm -hmm. you know marketers and other positions where you, you know different uh, departments have you know different things that they can contribute and i love to see that and i'm sure that that um shows in the in, in your newsletter Mm -hmm. um, do you do any with the constant contact? Do you do any like, um, uh, is it just kind of like a, um, to to want to one, or do you segment uh, to different like past clients, prospective clients? I'm just kind of curious. Interesting, you ask. So I do have separate databases for you know we have an estate planning, which is more wills, trusts, special needs trusts. We have a special education department, which is getting services for children with disabilities. And we also do a lot of Title IX work. So people involved with allegations and misconduct in college, we represent them. So we, are, we have kind of, you know, a different, but they all kind of come together in the sense that we're, you're ad, we are here to advocate for you. Mm -hmm. So generally, I just submit it. I, I just end up submitting it to our main database of everybody. And like I said, if someone really doesn't feel like getting our emails, they can unsubscribe. That's fine. Um, but, if, you know, every weaker every couple of weeks you're bound to be find something that pertains to you and our attorneys are really good about writing to the average person they don't write like legal jargon they write it's which i love about our writers is that anybody can follow it and i think that's why our newsletters are well received because they're easy they're easy to follow. they make sense of what's going on mm -hmm. Versus like just statutes and numbers and symbols and just another language, which wouldn't really doesn't help anybody who doesn't go to law school. So, yeah, yeah. no, it's interesting because I, 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 um, I, I found myself like there are some like e-newsletters that I get that they don't even really like it's not content that like pertains to me or anything like that. But yeah, they're just good reads, you know, and. Right you know, I think that that's, that's always a challenge, but then that's great too, that, you know, if you, once you have those people's attention, that if that need does arise, then they think of you. Right. Right. Now, do you, do you track the, the data from constant contact too, as far as like who's clicking what and all that kind of stuff? Yes. Yeah, so I always say more. like, if you're having a bad day, don't look at who unsubscribed because I always, I'll, I'll like see a friend who unsubscribed and I'll be like, what? Like, I'll be so mad. But like, Constant Contact has great, great data after, after you send out an email. So I can see who's unsubscribed. I can see who opens it. I can see who clicked on a link. I can see who didn't open it. I can resend it to people who didn't open it. Um, so it really is a good system that way. So we have about 10,000 emails in our database. So if we get over a 20% open rate, that's awesome. You know? Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Good size list. 
Yeah. Now, are you tracking like where they go from your website too, with the UTM and all that kind of stuff? I so I can see who does go to our website from our new directly from the newsletter. I can see that. Okay. Um, like the click throughs. Okay. Um, yeah. So I mean, we always advise against. Uh, well, not against, but for using a UTM because then. So if you if you're let's say there's five second sections on the email that you send out, right? And one's mm. your video, one's your One's on all, uh, one's about the Cosby case. One's about the Sandusky case. So on and so forth, right? And mm -hmm. each one has a U individual UTM. Um, so when that person, so, so when that person clicks on your UTM, you can see where people are going in your site. So just because they entered into your site from that blog post, right? To read that, right. to read that post, where are like if. All right, you're so you're saying you got ten thousand. Let's say you get twenty percent. So that means what? Two thousand people yep. opened your stuff. So let's let's say you got a thousand of those people to come to your website. After they come to your website, a what what article are they reading? And then B after where are they going from after reading the article? Are they leaving? Are they staying? What area of the website are they going to from that article? So you can and learn that much more. more about your user base if you just put a little code on there. Uh, yeah, and Google Analytics too is good about, you know, showing how much time people are spending on each page and um cuz a click yeah, through a click through doesn't mean anything if it's not, if it's 0. 0.0 second. <laughs> 1 yeah. second, you know. Yeah, that's so. right. <laughs> yeah, there But hit. you can learn so much about your user totally. if if you just if if you tag it the right way so that when someone enters mm -hmm. your site, you know, yeah, okay, let's say 500 of them click off, but you still have 500 other people that are going to parts of your website. So what part are they going to? And then that'll help you curate more more I content. So this is so basically giving you your algorithm. They're interested mm -hmm. in this article. That's where they enter. And then 500 of these people of the 1,000 go to this section of the website. So maybe I should create more content of that about and that part of the website. Absolutely. And it's good because like I always try to embed links, even if it's just like, the attorney's bio page because it, mind you yes if they click through and it's they don't stay long on the website that's too bad however each click through does help with seo so yeah. you yeah you're always i'm always looking to embed where i can yeah hey ali i mean uh, do you um do you use for your website um a wordpress base? yeah 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 um yeah well that's what we used well i think everybody likes using a lot of people use it yeah. right um but so sort of my questions related to that like with a website i know you just talk about like seo with content and stuff like that i know it's so challenging for like a lot of people in business if it's a smaller business to create content and since you create like a lot of content what do you think are um like people that struggle with it, like what advice would you give them in terms of, um, you know, writing, you know, content, great content. Right. So, so when it comes to you had I actually emailed me a question of like, what social media outlets do you use the most? And I jotted down every business should really focus on their website. Even if it's, even if it's not some crazy like video on the, like all that, as long as you have a blog or for us, our news section where I can constantly upload our, our articles and our MLO minutes, that's where I'm constantly adding to our website. But if it's, if people are in a rut about like what, what, what to write about, I always say, what can you relate to? So if I have an attorney who comes to me and they're like, I need an article, um, I, they have to do X amount, like I mentioned per year. Mm -hmm. So if they're due for an article, I'll, I'll say, okay, what is it? This is April, April. Okay. April is, um, I think April is suicide prevention month, which that pertains to a lot of, um, our clients who are special educate or in our special education department deal with mental illness. So write, write a brief piece about suicide prevention month, or I think it's also like, <laughs> Elder People Age Month, so that can pertain to elderly laws and yes. stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I always say, so, look, so you look for like a, a timeliness, something like that. Totally. I, I, yeah, I think that that's um, that's great. I mean, I I think that that's that, that's always I think the struggle for a lot of people is just coming up with that 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 initial idea because it's it 
you know, feel so daunting mm -hmm. when someone says, you know, um, but that's great that you're, re you know, you, that you give them ideas as to, mm -hmm. as to what, um, but I also have to say, it's wonderful to hear you say that, you know, the website is, is key. Yeah. That's I mean, what that's, we feel too. It's, it's yeah. your business salesman. It works yeah. day and night for you. Yeah. Better be like, and then people there's, I've seen it like a trend of people like smaller businesses just staying on Facebook. Then you're giving all that data. <laughs> yeah. to, you know, I mean, really it's one or the other. You give it to Google or, or whatever social media platform you're on, but at least, at least in your website, you're giving your data to Google, but at the same time, you, you control everything, how it looks, how it feels, everything down to a T. And that's what you can do compared to like someone that does like a business page on Facebook and just uses that. You know, right. Facebook controls that. Facebook mm -hmm. doesn't allow you just to have a blank slate and, and have you create the way you want it to look and feel. So when it comes down to like UX errors, like mm -hmm. filling out a form, it's just really hard to do, you know, right. yeah. when you don't have the ability to fix things. So yeah. not that Facebook's not giving you probably what they feel is the best layout, but again, yeah. I mean, but it's, it's not always that simple. Yeah. And the website is like the nucleus. So like, yeah. as long as it's working, every page on our website, we have We're a shareable choir. link. I love this. We have a shareable <laughs> link to uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. So I, as once I create a page on our website, then I share it to all of our social media platforms. So yep. though, everything falls into place once you have it on your website. Right. Um, Use a content calendar to help you with that stuff. Yeah, no? I, I have. I mean, I have my own kind of calendar that I that I create each year. Um, it's it's not like an Excel spreadsheet, but it's I'm able to like completely monitor every attorney, every article. Yeah when we post it on social media, et cetera. So it's, it's really helped. It's, it's helped me gauge, you know? Yeah. I use a, uh, I use an Excel spreadsheet for that. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm not gonna, I mean, I know that th there are tons of softwares out there and right. stuff like that, but you have to use a system that, you know, works for, works for you. Mine's but, uh, totally a word document with like, that's just tables. So it's like easy <laughs> yeah. to follow. Yeah, and, yeah, that's fine. and if someone comes yeah. to me, if they're like, did you post my article? I'll be able to go look. Yep. This date. Like, yeah. So, well, I mean, there's, there's what I'm talking about more is like, there's, there's, there's certain, um, software you can use that like you can make one post and then post it to all four places at Hoot one time. Hootsuite, I think, is yep. called. Yeah. yeah, we we used to use Hootsuite until they kind of messed some stuff up more recently. Um, and maybe we, I'm old-fashioned, but I like to be able to tailor each post to each social media platform, like myself. Um, yeah. I'm not totally... Well, some, some, Hootsuite, well, when we were using Hootsuite, yes, you have the ability to do just that. It's to tailor the message to yeah. what your audience is yeah. uh, on each on each platform. Mm -hmm. um, and majority of them will do that, but then they track your data and all that kind of stuff for you. So you get your you get a nice like report of how well your stuff's doing out in the wild. Yeah, absolutely. It's um and there yeah, Cliff and I use a different one now, but um, but there's so much marketing tech out there. I mean, I, I think even like a couple years ago, I remember seeing like a chart of like in 2000, like the different like marketing technologies that you could use and stuff like that. And then they had one um, like that was from that year. And it's just like there are so many different things that you could like tools out there that you can use for. Yeah you know, project management and, you know, organizing this, it's, it's, um, it's uh, daunting to, to think. It, yeah. It's totally yeah. to each his own. Like I'm sure Hootsuite is great, but like, if we have, like, sometimes I'll wake up to breaking news that has to do with one of our practice areas and I'll have to get an MLO minute out right away and then yeah. I'll have to, you know, publish it. So I feel like if I wouldn't be able to keep up so much with the calendar aspect of it as, just with the ever evolving news, I don't. That just is kind of how my brain works. But it, they give you um, apps too, for the most part. There's a Hootsuite yeah. app, and there's another app for the other thing that we're talking about. So you can just make your posts right, right from the app. I'm selling it. <laughs> you bashed them? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not selling Hootsuite. I'm just saying <laughs> the majority of these places will give you an app so you can do exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. it's um. 
yeah there's so many there's so many cool um that's something that i love about marketing too there's always like somebody's coming out with some new cool thing it's just a yeah. struggle to keep up with yeah well, we're, we're kind of reaching the end of our our time here so mm -hmm. we always like to ask a couple personal questions yeah um just because you know we don't want to be all business over here we're, we're business <laughs> in the front and party in the back um so Matt will ask his his question first, and we ask every everyone that comes on here about it. Yeah, it's always an interesting question. Yeah, so my question, I'm a big um, horror movie fan, um, mostly because I like to watch horror movies sort of mm -hmm. in the background while I'm doing stuff. Um, but anyway, so what's, what's your favorite uh, scary movie, um, best scary movie, and then what's your favorite, like, cheesy scary movie? Okay, so I've, <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan is amazing. All of his movies, I feel like everyone I've seen is like twist and turns, everything. I saw The Sixth Sense when I was younger and it definitely was like freaked me out. Every I was young, I want to say like 10. And it really freaked me out. Couldn't watch it for years. And now that like I understand more of like how fat, how amazing of a director writer he is. I appreciate his movies so much. I think they're so, so twisted, but so like, so fascinating. Um, so I really like a lot of his movies. The village was scary. Um, signs, obviously. Um, signs like got a girl, little, signs was a little cheesy. <laughs> lady, lady in the water. Hey, that lady in the water. That hey, that one you know got a bad. I actually like that film quite a bit. I really like. I really liked it too. Yeah, I, a lot of people don't like it. He's got a weird obsession with water, though. It's yeah. Like every, every video, every movie is the the weakness is water. I, I guess it's universal. I guess. Well, so I actually took a course in college on film, and we I think we studied M. I. Shyamalan, and um, he has this thing with the color red. So whenever you see red in a scene, now go back and watch like the sixth sense or something. When you see red, it means there's like a dead person in the in the clip or something really, you know, dark. And um, I think it takes a special mind to be able to write th those movies for sure. Um, my He's husband had some stinkers too, like The Happening. I think was that one was brutal. And I'm like, I love all scary movies, so like, what trying yeah. to watch that. It, it wasn't that good, but you got, didn't like it. That that had terrible reviews, and it was kind of weird. The whole like moving in a group fish type thing. You yeah, know about I, I don't know. <laughs> it kind of lost me on that one. And I was watching the um, the the Apple TV show that they have, The Servant. Have you seen that? No. So my friend just recommended it too the other day. Yeah. I have to watch it. I got through the first season. I really liked the first season. The second season kind of jumped the shark for me a couple episodes yeah. in. So I stopped watching. But yeah, I, I, I used to go to the gym and they film, uh, go, go to this gym that they filmed some scenes in. So I watched the first season like, oh, my gym's going to be in here eventually. And it never showed oh, up. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. That was right before the pandemic, too. Yeah. And Allie, how about for um cheesy horror movie? Oh, okay. So my husband and I just watched um and I had to look away the entire film, but it was so bad. The new Halloween. Um I saw it. I Halloween love, kills. I, I'm not I a Halloween love Kyle from Real Housewives, so I had to watch it. But it's just and Jamie Lee Curtis, like what a cast, but it's just so yeah. yeah, I heard it was bad. There, yeah. You know, they, some of those they can only, um, yeah, they revive so many times, and then they just become. Then they kind of go the the all out um like child's play where they just go yes, that, yes. They, where they're trying to be humorous. You know? really child's gory. play also has its own TV show now on USA. <laughs> yeah, but it's still so gory and gross where you're like can't like stop. You can't turn it off, but you're like this is so bad. I can yeah. I yeah. saw Jason X. I'm a Jason person. So oh my I've never been a Halloween person, but I saw Jason X. Like, you know, I was, you know, after high, like after a, a day at school in high school, it was raining and I laughed the entire movie, but I still had a good time. It was a right? Yeah. Movie. Yeah. I don't know. It's just weird. It's like um, um, paranormal activity. Any of those like oh, yeah, those are, are so scary, but they're also so low budget, yeah. which makes it so great because it's like, it's just the music that's getting you and the lighting. And yeah, I think they're really fun like that. They're, they're, yeah. they're fun to get scared 
to watch. So final question is always for yeah. me, and, that, and I'm a sports person, so what's your favorite sports moment? I, I mean, it seems like you're a Philly person, like Villanova. <laughs> you got a lot to, to choose from, especially more recently. Yeah, so easily for me. Um, so I actually, I was a cheerleader at Villanova many moons ago when I was there. Um, my husband and I got married in 2016, and that was the year Villanova won the NCAA um, tournament that year. So I would have to say um, Jenkins shot like was just amazing um, when he scored the winning shot against UNC to win the um, tournament. I think it was April of 2016. And then um, my husband and I, we got married at Villanova by father Rob, who's the, who's the um, Villanova basketball priest. We got married a month after the tournament. So um, actually at our wedding, my father, who is a Villanova grad, as well as my mom, my dad surprised my mom with, uh, we got, our reception was at Marion Cricket Club. So we had this big screen come down. He played the winning shot from like the month before. And then he had had that, he surprised my mom. He had the Wildcat, the Villanova Wildcat came to our wedding and like <laughs> took, took the dance floor and um kind of was in celebration of uh, the, the winning year. So that was special. There you go. All <laughs> right. Well, thanks so much for joining us tonight. We really had a great time. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. All right. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.